0: There's a few things you can get in trouble preaching. This is probably one of them. When you preach on the Holy Spirit, Uh, Tony talked about pre and post tribunal. That's another thing you can get in trouble with. But this is the Holy Spirit. and, And what I want to do is demystify some of this because for a long time in my Christian walk, I had a bit of an issue with some of the things that I want to share this morning. And I've realized that the Holy Spirit loves you, is God within you, and he's not as scary or terrifying as what you think and uh, he's actually for you, not against you. He actually wants to bless and to lead and to guide you and to use you to impact this world. Does that sound good? I think it sounds awesome. Uh, I, I wrote a song some years ago called Playing in the Shallows and I've, I'm re-recording it at the moment and that's what we do a lot of times when it comes to the things of God. We play in the shallows. We, we, don't, um, we don't dive into the deep. We're too scared. We play in the shallows. I've been watching... Um, Kaylee and, and, and Lily my, my granddaughters started their swimming lessons and I don't know what your kids were like doing swimming lessons but they don't, they don't jump in the deep end real good they say I'll do swimming lessons as long as I don't have to put you know any more than my knees into it and we're a lot of times like that and we, we had to explain to Kaylee you're never going to learn to swim if you don't actually get in the water and put your head under the water <laughs> so some of us were a little bit like that i've been playing in the shallows, but there were times in my life i was just playing in the shallows i was just messing around with god having a good time life was good but i wasn't really impacting i wasn't really changing anything around me i wasn't really sold out for god i was just there being a part of it and enjoying the bits i could so in this particular vision in ezekiel 47 if you have it there the prophet ezekiel saw a vision and he, as he was being given a guided tour of what the millennial temple will look like. And what he saw was water trickling out from beneath the temple and flowing down and it becomes a mighty river. <coughs> so let's pick it up at uh, verse, verse one of, of Ezekiel 47. Now you have to bear with me. Some of us post-COVID people have a little bit of a residual cough. I'm not infective as far as I know. I'm negative to most things, including pregnancy, which is good. Um, but... Um, I may cough a little bit. It's not as bad as you think. Verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, the water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the southern end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate, and he led me around to the other side, to the other gate, the outside to the other gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the water was trickling out of the south side. So this water is trickling out from under the throne of, of God, from under the temple. Going eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits, which is, I believe, about uh, half a kilometre, something like that. And then he then he led me through the water and it was ankle deep. And again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water and it was knee deep. And again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water and it was waist deep. And again, <coughs> he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. Let's pray together. Lord, I, I ask that as we open this vision and, and we, we have a look at what, what saying, Father, that you would open our hearts, that we would listen to what you have to say to us this morning, that we would realize that we are part of this beautiful river, that we can touch and change our nation. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Um, I knew there was a song called There is a River. Who remembers that old song? There, and, and I know you're all, some of you old timers are laughing. I, I, the only, I could find a Jimmy Swaggart version and a few others, so it must be a fair age. <laughs> there is a river. It's a beautiful song. Um, but it's, I, it's kind of written on this, this passage here. Ezekiel saw a vision of the temple of God and river flowing from beneath it. And whenever you see water, whenever you see river, particularly water, in the the Word of God, it almost always um, prophetically refers to the Holy Spirit. And so we know that what is flowing out of this temple is a river of God. Now, it may be an actual physical river at some stage in the future, uh, which we'll look at in a minute, but it is also a figurative one and it is centering on the Holy Spirit. In Zechariah 14, verse 6, it says this, On that day... Living waters shall flow out of Jerusalem. There's the same thing. The river of life that Ezekiel sees is reflective of the river of life in the new Jerusalem. If you, if you are, are, are a scholar of the Bible, if you read the Bible, if you get right to the very end, the last cha- couple of chapters, it talks about the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. This incredible destiny for us is that, that we're going to be, be worshipping him In this amazing city. And it says this in Revelation 22 verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Brightest crystal flowing down from the throne of God and the Lamb. It's the same picture. It's the same thing. So we better get used to this river. Because you know it is going to be there for all eternity for us to enjoy with him. And this imagery of the river runs right through the word of God. If you think back in the Garden of Eden. There were rivers there. And there was a river of life there. And then you go right through to Revelation. There's a river there. There is a river there. It's right through Scripture. And Jesus himself uses this same picture. If you uh, keep your finger there in Ezekiel, if you go to John chapter 7, verse 37, you'll see this. This is very significant. Jesus, he's, uh, he's in, in, they're having this great feast. And on the last day of the feast, they've got this, this very significant ritual that the, the, um, the Jewish people were doing. And the high priest would go down To the I believe it was the pool of Siloam, Peter might be able to help me with that one. But they would they would put a well down. They would draw water out of this well, and the choirs all around would sing with joy. We shall draw water from the wells of salvation. It's a big, it's full of ritual. It's full of ceremony, and Jesus is standing in the shadows watching this. But after a while, he can't take it anymore. They're talking about. They're singing about this stuff, but he can't take it anymore because he knows he is the river of he is the water of life. And so in John 7 verse 37 it says this, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirst let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture says out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It's the same picture. Rivers of living water. And then the very next section, the very next part of that verse says this, now This he spoke of the Spirit. So if you're in any doubt, he actually qualifies that. You have rivers of living water flowing out of you. Thus spake he of the Spirit. So the same picture goes right through. Back to Ezekiel. The river's flowing here and it's building as it grows and it's the Holy Spirit. And it's another way, I believe, of testifying to the people of God that God is in the house and his blessings are there for us and they flow into us and through us through his church and his people to the entire land and there's a kingdom lesson here today when you think about it we've just you know been speaking about what the the situation in our society right now how miserable and fearful uh the whole of society is now and it's 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 exponential at the moment But we are supposed to be a living illustration of the flowing, deepening, growing life that happens when the Spirit is manifest in our life. We're supposed to be that. We are the ones through which that river can flow. And and after all, you know, the Bible teaches that we are the temple of God. There will ultimately be a temple, I'm sure. But we are the temple of God. In Ephesians 2 it says this, verse 21... In whom the whole structure is joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. in him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for the God by His spirit. We are the temple of God. You know people say, oh, "I like this church, I don't like this church, I'll check out this church. Look at this beautiful church. They're just buildings. The church is us, it's you and I. If you don't like the church, you're it. If you're looking for the perfect church don't join it you'll mess it up because we're all imperfect we are but we're still the church the people of god are the church not a building we relocated from Wombai down to this building we're the same church the same people so let me ask you the question why is our nation dying today <coughs> as i look around our nation you know out of this temple it says his body his church the water of the spirit can flow to a dry and thirsty land because our nation needs it we are dying uh as i look around australia this is not the australia that i grew up in it's probably not the australia you grew up in this thing looks nothing like what it even did three or four years ago but proverbs 14 verse 34 says this righteousness exalts the nation but sin is a reproach to any people and i tell you the, the the social things we are seeing now are the result of sinful decisions that have been made for a long time in our past here now. We reap what we sow. The reason our culture is drying up in sin is that there's no spiritual water flowing out of the sanctuary into the world, or very little. But we are not going to get the water flowing down through the streets of our community, bringing life where there is death, bringing hope where there is despair, until it begins to flow down the aisles of our churches. If God's presence doesn't show up among his people, how will it show up in the neighbourhoods and in the nation and in the world if we don't even entertain his presence here? It's such an important message. I I noted, um, some of you may have been following uh, the, the, the gathering that happened in Canberra, and I know some people who are down there. They're talking, you know, well over a million people. The, the press is reporting ten thousand people. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh? <laughs> um, but, but that's what's going on in our nation, and it is great that we can join together and proclaim freedom in our nation. But it's not changing anything yet. We have to pray. We have that's why we're praying every every second Tuesday night. We're having these big prayer meetings because we have to pray for our people and our nation. And we have to pray for each other because we're not feeling the life of the Spirit flowing through us. How are we going to take it to the world? What can we do? How's it going to work? Australia is not seeing a river flowing through it because our churches are not seeing the river flowing through it. But I believe that it is time that our nation hears about the Spirit of God. I believe it is It is time that God's people get filled with the Spirit and take it to the world. That's what I believe. Why not? You see, and look at the, look at what happens when this Spirit, when this river runs through stuff. Everywhere this river goes, it brings with it life in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra for Christians. We often treat the Holy Spirit like... It's an optional extra. But everywhere the Spirit goes, it, He brings life. See, the Holy Spirit is a deposit on our eternal life. The Holy Spirit is, is God's you know, down payment. He, he, the Holy Spirit, He is God living within us. Don't ask me to explain it, but yes, I want to embrace it, that we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Bring it on. It's, God's, it's the Spirit of God living in us. Now, I haven't always thought this way. I grew up in a very conservative church. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit at all, not very much. We had, a, we had our own Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. We did a lot of that, but we didn't have Holy Spirit. Now, I'm 100% a Bible believer man. You'll hear a lot of Scripture. If you come to this place, we base everything around the Word of God. But I also want to have the life of the Spirit, I mentioned the other week it, it's a bit like an egg. If you just have rules, you just got a shell, and it's hollow. There's no life inside. But if you just have, if you just have the life inside but no no shell, it just goes everywhere. You haven't got an egg. You got an omelet. We need both rules, boundaries, but we also need the life of the Holy Spirit. Do I hear an amen to that? I think it's important. Now I was the reason. <coughs> that we didn't have it in our church or denomination at the time. And I grew up I grew up being scared of the Holy Spirit. And it didn't help that the old timers called him a Holy Ghost, because ghosts are scary. And I went, oh, I don't, the Holy Ghost. Ooh. You know, I didn't like that. But I grew up scared of the Holy Spirit, because I thought if, if I open myself up to the Holy Spirit, he's going to ask me to do something really crazy or weird or, or out there or, or radical or something. And, and some of you might be like that now. You might have grown up with a more conservative view, and that is 100% okay. I love that. But I want to encourage you to just open your heart and say, "Holy, my experience since that time is not that the Holy Spirit is weird or crazy or asking me to do. My experience is that the Holy Spirit is gentle and kind and not at all weird. He's, he's life. He's beautiful. And, and, and we can live in the power of that he brings us see i can't live the christian life you can't live the christian life only he can live the christian life in and through us and that's what the holy spirit does the holy spirit is simply god within us he's the source of life healing and hope and the river the vision of the river i the thing i love about this if you're back in ezekiel 47 if you look at verse 7 and on let me read it to you (coughs) because this is what the river does okay the river's not sitting out here to try and blow you away or flood you or something this is what the river of life does verse seven as i went back i saw on the bank of the river very many trees and on one side and on the other and then he said to me this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to the arabah and enters the sea and when the water flows into the sea the water will become fresh And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish. I like fish. I'm on board with that. For this water goes there, and the waters of the sea may become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. It's life, folks. This river of God is bringing life everywhere it goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to Engelheim. They will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the Great Sea, which is the Mediterranean Sea. But its swamps and marshes... This is interesting. This this little, little bit's put in here. Listen to this. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. That's the Dead Sea. That's what it's talking about. And on the banks... So then it goes back to the good stuff. On the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month. Who's up for fresh fruit every month? All right. Because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves will be for healing. That is a a picture of of the river of God, the water of life. We know Jesus is that water. We know the Holy Spirit is that water living in us. See, the water from the Spirit flows from the temple and it brings with it life to the fall. When Jesus promised life to the fall, it's not not pie in the sky when you die by and by. It's life now to the fall. He wants to prosper us and not to harm. He wants to bless us. Miracles, fruit, food, fish, everything around it and close to it is made alive apart from one bit. The dead sea, the swamps that will not yield to it, that say, no, I don't want any part of that. The problem is nothing can live there. I haven't been to the Dead Sea but it is the lowest point on earth I believe and it is so salty, it is so dead the birds won't even fly across it. It is dead, D-E-D, excuse my spelling, dead. So we don't want to be, you don't want to be the dead guy. You know when, when Tony read before the dead in Christ will rise first, it doesn't mean you have to be dead as in spiritually dead, I'd like to be the alive ones who can rise first. You know? So it's really important. This this is bringing life. And as I read this, what occurs to me as I read this passage is that we all have a choice. Do you want to be the river of life or do you want to be the salty swamp of death? Do you want to bring life to your family and your nation or do you want to be part of the death that's all around us? If you walk out there and start talking to people, you'll get nothing but death. It's all they're talking about these days, isn't it? How many died here? How many died here? How many died? You know, that's what the topic of conversation out there, but we should have life in us, not that death stuff. This is from a guy who's just found out that one of the, his best friends in the world has died, I think, if we can confirm that. But I'm telling you, I, I, I sent a prayer over to my. my dear brother welly this week i recorded a prayer and sent it over to encourage him and and what i prayed for was life because i know i love what billy graham says about death because he borrowed this from D. L. moody and i love this this is this is the thing he said one day you will hear that billy graham is dead don't you believe it i'll be more alive than i've ever been before i've just changed a dress and that's what my friend is experiencing right now and that's what we can experience even here on earth as we live our life we can experience true life not just mere existence out in the world of fear and failure we can have his life within us the river of God flowing through us so if you're wondering should I choose the swamps of death or should I choose the river of life death life hmm let, this is what Moses said to Israel in Deuteronomy 30. I call heaven and earth as witnesses to you that I've set before you, life and death, blessings and cursings. And in case you can't figure it out, now choose life, he says, so that you and your offspring might live. See, if we choose to dive into the river of life, who benefits? We do, yes. But our children and their children and their children and their children and our friends around us and our families and our society will ultimately be blessed because we are blessed part of the problem is that we don't dive in we just stick a toe in yeah that'll do i'm really blessed my toe is blessed you might get refreshed if we dive in you will be transformed beyond your wildest dreams and be blessed beyond your wildest dreams i i love ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now to him he was able able to do far more abundantly that we can even ask or think. And I can think quite a bit. And he can do even more than that according to the power that works within us. What's the power working within us? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the river of life. And I love that word power. Because that word power in the Greek is the word dynamos, from which we get dynamite. So what we have within us is the river of life, but it is dynamite to a world that is perishing so let me ask you a question what does our nation need right now what does it need you know i'm hearing in the press uh, our nation needs more vaccines our nation needs more rat tests did you ever think we would be crying out for more rats (laughs) apparently not we hear our nation needs this. Our nation, what our nation needs is for us to be more inclusive and all that sort of stuff. I'm telling you now, what this nation needs is life. He needs the way, the truth, and the life. Let's be specific. This pandemic has spoken words of death and fear over our people, and this has to stop, especially within the, the people of God. It's got to stop. The level of fear and paranoia is extreme out there at the moment. Yet we have within us the river of life and healing for our nation. the problem is listen to this most of us are reservoirs we're not we're not channels we're not canals we're reservoirs we get blessed by God and we hang on to it but we need to be canals through which the water flows not where it accumulates we need to be a conduit for the blessings of God if we keep the blessings to ourselves those around us suffer I believe that the river of life leads to flow through us this morning, don't you? That river flows from the temple of God. It's the life that Jesus spoke of. And we should have, you know, we should have the fruit of that in our life, the fruit of the Spirit. One of my favorite Psalms, and uh, I don't know about you, but I love reading the book of Psalms. There's so much in there. But if you go right to the very first Psalm, and the first three verses of the very first psalm it talks about the same thing it's all through scripture listen to this blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night that's why the word of god is so important on his law we meditate day and night then it says this he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and all he does he prospers. It's the same picture. All the way through it's the same picture. That's our destiny. What our nation needs to see model right now is people who see beyond the fear and the scare tactics and the words of death and they speak life and hope. And you can't do that without the life and hope within you bubbling up. We could be like those trees planted by the streams of living water. Those trees, like they're just trees. Where's the life coming from? It's the fact that they're planted by the water. Their roots go down and it draws the water up and that's what gives them life. If you transplanted them to the middle of the desert, they would die. They need water to live and we need the water of the Holy Spirit for us to live and also to water our parched land. So I would encourage you this morning in a very gentle and kind but beautiful way, it's time to take the plunge. You ever stood on the, on the, on the edge of a pool or a, you know, a rock pool or a river or something like that and you put your foot in a little bit and it's cold? Who's been there? Okay. Those of you from Victoria, you know what I'm talking about. Cold water, woo-hoo, you know. And I tend to be... i put my foot in and say, boy, that's pretty chilly. But I know if I get in piece by piece like it's really painful like have you noticed that it's really, I sort of get to my knees and go I'm not sure I want to go any further I get to my crotch and say I definitely don't want to go any further it's like it's cold and it's like you know and you know you're getting in there and you're like oh this is awful so once I've got the temperature of the water I tend to be the guy saying, you know what I'm just going to dive in and when you do it's never as bad as when you're going in little bits at a time have you noticed that that's what it's like. So I think this morning we need a spiritual swimming lesson, don't you? The amount by which we experience the life of the Holy Spirit and our nation experiences revival. Now, this is important. The life of the Spirit in us is what will flow through to our nation. Don't start praying for something else to happen. You're the answer. I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. We are the answer to our nation's problem. But the the extent to which we will experience the life of the Spirit, the, the extent to which our people will experience life in the Spirit, doesn't depend on God. It doesn't depend on God. He's already given the best of heaven. He's given His Son to die for us on a cruel cross. He's given His Holy Spirit to live in and through us. It depends on us, folks. It depends on us grabbing a hold of the blessings He's already got for us. I don't know about you, but I really liked... I have liked for many years watching underwater shows. Do you like them? You know, you get down and they're with you know, sharks and fish and coral and <coughs> stuff like that. So I watch those videos and they're really exciting. I love them. I think they're really, really cool. But nothing takes the place of actually being down there. So I went out and did my open water certificate so that I could dive. And so I can, I can put this apparatus on and I don't know if you've been... Uh, diving or snorkeling, but diving's even cooler than snorkeling because you're down in among it. Snorkeling, you're looking down on. When you're diving, you're down in amongst all these things swimming around you. The last dive I had, which was before our holiday got coroned, um, was uh, a couple of years ago. But I managed to dive with sharks for the first time, and that was pretty cool. They were nice sharks. They were friendly sharks, at least they seemed to be, but they were swimming very close all around me. These big long sharks. I thought that's really cool. Nothing beats experiencing it for yourself. So I encourage you: when it comes to the things of the spirit, nothing beats actually being a part of it. You can sit back and watch somebody do. It. Oh, yeah! You know, look at what's happening there. Look at what's. You can get on YouTube and watch all this stuff and watch clips and that sort of stuff, and maybe get a bit involved. And and oh, that's really good. See what happened on YouTube. But look, YouTube's just YouTube. It's not you. It's YouTube, not you. Because there is nothing replaces you experiencing it for yourself. According to the word of God. You can't get to heaven because your parents were Christians. You can't be saved because your friend is a Christian. You have to experience it yourself. I said the other week, you know, when you... Back in the days when we used to go out to restaurants, you'd go out there and you would sit at the table... And they would bring you a menu and you could read it and you might salivate, oh, that looks really good. But you haven't experienced it yet. You could put the menu down and say, I've had it, oh, that was great. Thank you so much for letting me read that menu and out you go. Or maybe the, the waiter would come over and you can say, What do you think is the best dish? You say, Oh, well, this one's made with this and this and this and it's prepared this way. This was... Thank you for explaining that to me. I'm going to leave now because I've had enough experience. You haven't experienced anything. You need to eat the food. You have to order it and eat it. You can't sit around saying, oh, that's a great restaurant because my friend went there and said it was great. You don't know. There are some things in life you have to experience. God, you have to make a commitment to to the Lord. You have to, it's about you. It's not about, he's done everything he needs to do. You need to respond to it. But with recent events, I believe that it is not an accident that you are here this morning because God has a plan for our nation and it's not an accident that you've shown up in this place at this time i think of the the words of mordecai in esther 4 verse 14 it says this for if you keep silent at this time relief and deliverance will arise from the jews from another place but (coughs) but you and your father's house will perish but then he says this and who knows whether i you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this this is this time folks we will never get a time like this again. Our whole nation is hurting and we have the answer. And what are we doing? Our whole nation is falling apart out there. Fear and despair everywhere. And we have a message of hope and we're sitting on it. We need, this is the most important time that we say, Lord, yes, I'm going to respond. Fill me with your spirit and let's get into this so that we can bring the love of God to this hurting world. Do I hear an amen to that? And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the guy who says, well, if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else to do it because he's going to do it anyway. But who knows if God's not brought you here for such a time as this. I don't want him to say, well, I'm not going to use you guys. I'll pick somebody else. Pick me. Pick me. Pick us. We want to, we want to be the ones praying and believing God for, for a move of the Holy Spirit that will touch and change our nation forever. And I believe that it's not an accident that you're here. Even if you attend another church, take the same Spirit back with you. He's the same, same Holy Spirit, you know. Let's get excited about what God is doing. But ultimately, it depends on your response. So let's have a look at our responses <laughs> before we get shouted out at things. Bless this <laughs> guy. How many of you remember one of those? Let's pause for a few minutes and just pray. Lord, I just want to pray for Sky and Asia. Lord, that you will settle that whole thing down in the name of Jesus. I used to have all the opinions in the world on how to raise kids until I got some. (laughs) And and now I keep my mouth shut a lot. (laughs) It's not as easy as it looks. Let me look at the responses that you can make in Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 3. The first one is ankle deep. Verse 3. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits, just over half a kilometre, and then led me through the water and it was ankle deep. And some people are here living on the shoreline. They only ever wet their ankles. But, you know, they're more into the things of this world than the things of God. They don't want really anything to do with the Spirit of God. They might show up on occasions at church. But in reality, when you're ankle deep, Most of your flesh is on display, isn't it? Above the water. It's only your ankles that are in the water. Ankle deep living is a life lived where we are master of our own actions and reactions. And the ankle depth of water means that it is too shallow for us to get trapped. Have you ever been knocked over by ankle deep water? You have? I haven't. (laughs) Must be a heck of a tug on that. But another grave danger, listen to this people playing in the shallow end which i did for some years i have to tell you is that that's where all the muck is pushed by the tide into the shallows if you look at it the river runs true in the middle but on the shallows on the side it's just muck lots of things are just cleared out and they're just pushed to the side now people who are, who are like this they're they're, they're uh, you know they're messed up with sin and carnality they struggle to be pure struggle they struggle with all the things that, that everybody else struggles with, with fighting, gossiping, swearing, smoking, having multiple sexual partners, porn, drugs, unforgiveness, you name it, they're struggling with all of it. Even screaming kids, ankle deep by choice, because the choice is not God's, it's their choice. They say, no, I'm only going to put my ankles in, I'll get a little bit of refreshing from time to time and that's it. If your ankles are wet, you can barely feel the tug of the water, it might refresh you for a little while. You might have an experience or two, but it never actually influences and changes your life. God is about changing lives, not giving experiences. He's about changing lives. And I believe that his Holy Spirit is the vehicle he uses to do that living within us. The second one is knee-deep. In Ezekiel 47 verse 4, it says this, he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee-deep. Now, knee-deep water is starting to pull a little bit. You can sit there and you can, whoop, you can feel it pulling a little bit on you. And at knee-deep depth, it's very easy to step out of the flow. You can say, well, that's a bit strong. I can step back and not get taken along. And some people are here. You're attending church. You're involved but to a point. But you sort of say, let's not get too committed. I was like this for a long time. I'll be committed to a point. <clears throat> but let's not get too committed. Let's not get too over the top about this thing. Let's be, you know... Let's be okay. Let's let's just be cool. I'll be in up to my knees. I'll I'll feel pretty good. I can look back at the guys in the shallows and say, "Man, you guys are struggling because I'm in it." You know. But that's pride. But I found when I lived in this spot, I had the appearance appearance of godliness, but denying its power, as Paul says to Timothy. I mean, I looked like a Christian. I was a Christian. Salvation's not an issue here. But the problem was, I was not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Was just in up to my knees. A little bit of a tug. So many people are here, you attend church, maybe go to a connect group, show up, but you never get more committed than that. Uh, You might come most weeks to church, but you do little outside of that for the Lord. Knee deep water refreshes you on a hot day, but it doesn't control you. There's still more. And I found after a while of living in this knee deep water, sort of being pulled along and living the life, I I looked and I thought, you know, there's got to be more than this. Because this was just going through the motions. A church going through the motions is not the answer for our community. A church filled with the river of the Holy Spirit is the answer for our community. So the third thing is waist deep in verse 4, the second part. Again, he measured and led me through the water and it was waist deep. Now, many of us are like this. We're committed, we're involved and we're serving and the river is up to our waist. And the, the Christian who is waist deep is more faithful But you're still living in a comfort zone because you've got to feel your feet on the ground. You know, you can feel the tug of the spirit. You get sort of pulled along. If you've been in the ocean, you know, when the waves are rolling in, you can feel the tug pulling at you. But your feet are still on the ground. You can dig your, your heels into the sand and you can stay there. Your heart's still not fully sold out for God. You feel the tug, but your feet can still touch the bottom and you're prepared to trust God enough you know maybe to risk going a little bit deeper but you're not sure the current drags you along a little bit but your eyes are still on the shoreline the fourth one is in verse five it says this and again he measured a thousand it was a river that i could not pass for the water had risen it was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through see the issue of the waist deep christian is one of faith and and i'll have to confess you i often see myself here i say lord i've got enough faith for this but i'm not sure i want to go any further than that i'm scared i'm I'm uncertain i'm so well i'm not really sure you know how can you be sure that you are moving with god how can you be sure that whatever is happening in the holy spirit within you is of god i'll tell you how you can be sure you hold it up against the word of god that's how you're sure and if things are happening that are not in the word of god i'm real uncomfortable with that but the word of god has life and it has incredible things that can transform our lives and i believe that that's where god is calling us this morning i reached a point in my life when i was up to my waist and i thought you know i want to go deeper and i asked myself the question what sacrifices am i holding back on making what am i afraid to give up even more, if I totally yield to the Holy Spirit, what crazy thing is he going to ask me to do? That was my fear. If I give in to the Holy Spirit, he's going to ask me to do something crazy and weird, like go to India as a missionary or something. And I've been to India and I like curry, but I don't want to live over there. I love India, but not that much. <laughs> oh, I'd rather live here. He might ask me to do something that, that, that's like weird or, or, or strange. But becoming totally submerged takes a bowing of the knee in humility and a surrendering of our lives into God's hands. It looks like certain death to be plunged into a river or a current that can take you wherever it wants to go. And it can be if you don't trust that current. I was talking to someone yesterday. um, um, Their their daughter and and son-in-law went down to Bribey Island and two girls got caught in a rip and had to be rescued by a rescue boat. You may may have been caught in a rip. It's a terrible feeling because you're you're doing nothing and the land is just zooming along because the current is taking you out. But if you can trust that this is the river of God and that he's going to take you where God wants you, can you not take your feet off the bottom? Can you not trust him enough to take the plunge? Galatians 2.20, Paul writes about this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He is living total, a, a Spirit-filled life right there. He's living a life that is, where he's being controlled by the river of God, not by his own uh, selfish desires and wants. He is actually yielding to the Holy Spirit. And that's what it comes down to. The total commitment The 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 river of the Holy Spirit is flowing, flowing down from the temple, the church, the people of God, bringing life, bringing healing, bringing joy to every place it touches. And our nation is dry and desperate, and our post-COVID world is a stinking, putrid marsh of unbelief. But the river brings life and life to the full to all who are willing. The only question remains is for you to answer: Is how deep are you willing to dive? I believe God's brought you here this morning for such a time as this and I'm praying right now that God will be stirring you to get more fully committed not to the church to him to get fully yielded to his holy spirit the church and stuff comes later we should yield to the holy spirit right now don't you agree we should be controlled every our every action should be controlled by him because we are being carried along and we're not dabbling in the shallows anymore we are letting the holy spirit Take us where he wants us to go. It's time to deep dive into the goodness of God and take this goodness to a despairing world. So let me ask you, what have you got in your heart? In a perfect world, what would you like to do for God? See, my calling as a pastor isn't to preach, it isn't to sing, it isn't to to cast visions. It's Ephesians 4 12, it's to equip the saints for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. I'm not here to do everything. If you have a model where the pastor does everything, you're in the wrong church. Because I can't do everything. But I'm here to raise up people who have hope and dreams in their heart and let them go because then they will do everything. Because they are filled and being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Train, equip and release into ministry. Maybe you think you don't have skills or talents. Maybe you don't have the time to serve in any capacity. Maybe you're not sure where God is taking. Maybe you're not even sure which church you should be in. But I'm telling you, if you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, God will lead you and guide you to the place for you. And he will open up something that will just blow your mind at the end of the day. This is what the Spirit of God does. He takes us and he, and, and he takes us on this incredible journey. And you can be on that journey. But you can't while you're playing in shallows. When you're in ankle deep or knee deep water, you can't be on that journey. You have to be yielded to him. And our nation needs Christians who are yielded to him. In America, we don't see them so much here, but in America they have fire hydrants. Have you seen them? There's a, the, you know, they're, they're just little tiny sort of red or yellow um, things. Uh, I heard a comedian say once, I, I got a job in a, in a fire hydrant factory. It was a great place to work. You couldn't park anywhere. <laughs> you can't park in front of a fire hydrant. But a fire hydrant, if there's a fire in town... They come and they connect a hose to that fire hydrant and they get water and they spray it everywhere. How does that little piece of metal or concrete or whatever it is, how does that produce all that water? It doesn't because it is tapped in underneath. It's tapped into a flow of water that is under pressure underneath. They just turn it on and away it goes. That's what it's like when you... You might be like that fire hydrant, but I tell you, the life doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit running under you, through you, up and out to a waiting world. We're just the conduit to do it. We're just the way to reach the world. But, but, but he, is, he is the answer to the world. We have to be the conduit to take him to the world. And we do this by allowing the Holy Spirit to take us on this journey, to, to flow with the Holy Spirit. And that fire hydrant seems to have an endless supply of water. Why? Because it's plugged into an endless supply of water. It doesn't come from it. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head and I'm going to ask you this simple question. (coughs) Just bow your head. We're going to take a few moments with the Lord just to finish our service together because I believe that he wants to do something really beautiful here. My experience is that the Holy Spirit is not weird and crazy and your enemy he is your lord He is your life he's blessings and so i'm going to ask you where are you at today are you ankle deep are you knee deep are you just playing in the shallows i believe god has so much more for you maybe you're waist deep maybe you're committed to a point but i believe god has so much more for you Because this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow the knee and say, Lord, whatever the cost, I'm in. I'm going to take a deep dive. I'm going to take my feet off the bottom and let you carry me. If you can trust the Lord for eternal life, then surely you can trust him for the life to the full right now. Whatever he has planned, he loves you. He plans to prosper you and not to harm you. He has a hope and a future for you. He loves you. So before we do anything, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is your moment. We've sat around talking about life. You might have looked at me and thought, I don't understand what he's talking about. I can promise you that when you come to Christ, it is life and life to the full. It's the greatest life ever. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life, or maybe you've been wandering far from him, this is your moment. Commit your life to him now. Open your heart and your hear to him and say, Lord. I'm asking you into my life as my Lord and Savior because I want this life within me. Not just when I die, but I want the life now that will, that will flow through me and affect my family and my children yes. and my home and my friends and my society. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life, pray this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. I turn away from the sins I've committed. And I ask you, Lord, into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your eternal life gift. And I yield my life to you that I might have life to the full right now. If you prayed that for the first time or the first time in a long time, I'm just going to get you to shoot your hand up and put it down just wherever you're seated. Maybe someone here who who needed to hear that this morning. But for the rest of us, I know you love God. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. But can you yield to him? Can you open your heart and say, Lord, whatever the cost, whatever it takes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to fully yield yourself, to to just take your feet off the bottom and dive right into the deep with God. This is your moment. Pray this with me. Lord, I'm sorry that I've sinned. I'm sorry that I've held back. But I thank you for the life of your spirit. And right now, Lord, I yield my life totally to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me. I'm yours. Have your way. Can you pray that? Can you truly pray that? Let's stand together.